This is episode 62 with four young adults from Outdoor Outreach. Welcome to Wild Ideas Worth Living, an adventure podcast presented by REI Co-op, the brand who helps get you outside through gear, classes, and adventures. We talk to experts who have taken a wild idea and made it a reality so you can too. From people who have climbed the tallest peaks, started thriving businesses, and even broken records, some of the wildest ideas can lead to the most rewarding adventures. I'm your host, Shelby Stanger, and I hope you enjoy the show. This is a different episode than many. Instead of one guest, today we have on four. None are famous or have given a TED Talk yet. Instead, we have on four young adults, Miriam Pye, Meli Perez-Valdez, Lawrence Vallejos, and Gabby Hasso. Miriam's from Burma. She lived in India as a refugee, and now she's a college freshman. Gabby grew up surrounded by gang violence and is now in college. Lawrence is a high school senior. And Meli, who's a DACA recipient, is a college freshman. They've each had the wild idea of transforming their own young lives through the outdoors. Most of you listening have tasted the power of the outdoors. I remember standing on my first wave surfing. Many of you remember your first turn in deep, powdery snow, your first long hike, the first time camping under the stars, or even the first taste of hot, melting, gooey, chocolatey s'mores. It probably impacted you on a deep level. There's a lot of great organizations around the country doing great work in bringing kids to the outdoors. These four young adults have been impacted by a program called Outdoor Outreach, a nonprofit in San Diego that takes kids of various backgrounds, rock climbing, surfing, snowboarding, hiking, mountain biking, and more. The four young adults interviewed have gone through the program as high schoolers, some even as junior high schoolers, and now they're part of Outdoor Outreach's leadership program. So they're now counselors helping take teens like they once were on outdoor trips. I've been a volunteer and on and off again board member of this organization for almost a decade. The founder, Chris Ruckers, has given big talks at lots of companies, including REI. His wife, Steph Jagger, was guest number one of this show. I've heard a few of these kids talk at their annual fundraiser, and I found their stories incredibly moving, timely, and important. I hope you enjoy this show. Today, we're starting with Miriam Pai. Miriam was born in Burma. She grew up in India as a refugee, and now she's a freshman at Cal State Channel Islands. I'm from Burma, as you've mentioned earlier. Uh, we moved to the United States in 2013, but before that, my childhood growing up in Burma and then moving to India was really tough, trying to learn a new language, getting used to a new culture. It's been a struggle throughout childhood, but then it just got worse when we moved here, learning English and trying to get used to the American culture. So let's back up. Not everybody knows where Burma is. Yes. Um, <laughs> a little geography, I would say. If you know India and Thailand, it's right between those two countries down Southeast Asia. So you came here and how old were you? I was around 14, close to 15 when we moved here in 2013 to San Diego. And how old are you now? 19. Oh, wow. So not too long ago. And your not English is perfect. Ago. Just finished high school, starting college, just finished first semester of college. So we've been asking everybody on the show today, you know, how has the outdoors impacted you? And I'd love to just kind of hear your story. Yes. Um, growing up, I didn't grow up going to the outdoors, camping, 
camping or kayaking was something that I saw in brochures, travel brochures and National Geographic magazines. And none of them looked like me. And it was just something that was my hobby, just to look through the pictures. And I never really imagined myself to be uh, having all of those adventures that I saw in the pictures. But So hold on. So for the people who can't see and they're driving in their car, listening to the show or on a run or wherever you are, Miriam is this cute girl with dark black <laughs> short hair and a good smile and keep going. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I had to like tell them what you looked like. Oh, uh, well, thank you. That was nice of you. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I mentioned, outdoors was never part of life, mainly because it was not part of the culture or like, we didn't have the opportunities or the access anyway. Um, in, so when we moved here to the United States, even then, like people were like, oh, you're in San Diego. But the neighborhood that I'm living in right now, I was like, uh, I don't see any much fun. I don't know why you're why you all are so excited. But then it was through my older sister that I got introduced and that I got the chance to go to Mission Bay to go kayaking once. And that was my first time ever kayaking ever in my life and going stand-up paddleboarding. And I went on the trip, the right, uh, the right on the van to Mission Bay was like doing the paperwork, signing waivers and stuff. And I was not the same person on the right back home. And it was a day that I still remember because ever since that was my first day being introduced to the outdoors and my love for the outdoors has just increased ever since. So what do you do now? I am a part-time field instructor at Outdoor Outreach and Nonprofit Organization. And um, I go to school and trying to just find ways to buy least expensive gears and go outdoors. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. Can you share with me how the outdoors has impacted you personally, confidence-wise, and allowed you to do what you do today? Yes, the outdoors has really made me the person I am today. Like I've um, shared the fact that I was trying to learn English and trying to get used to the culture. So in the in the journey of that, I think I've really lost self-esteem. I was real I became an introvert. I didn't want to go out, lost motivation in school and I just wanted I didn't want to do anything. I just was like, why am I here? But then after the trip, I was like San Diego? I, I surprised myself that day saying that I want San Diego to be my new home. And it was, and ever since um, I tried to find opportunities to keep going outdoors and going on a backpacking trip this year as one summer, that was an eye-opening experience where I was like, is this, these are the, mag these are the pictures that I see in the magazines and I feel like I'm in the picture. Where did you go? Uh, it was a week-long backpacking in the Sierras. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, that opened my eyes to the outdoors so much, like the beauty and the freedom that I found and the physical challenge that eventually led up to critically thinking about my environment and really challenging my thoughts and the ways I, I see things. And I think, like, the physical challenge kind of led up to mentally being stronger and then now taking on new challenges that comes my way. Well, thank you so much. You know, what, what can other kids do that are listening that are either scared or have a fear or want to try something either in the outdoors or in life that they don't think they're cut out for? I would say like really um, reach out and try to find opportunities because 
there are opportunities out there if you're really looking for and making the best of the opportunities that you get and really being grateful for those and try to learn as try to grow as much as you can without compromising who you are i love that what about to adults to the adults i would say please take your time out of your busy schedule to maybe just volunteer at a nonprofit organization that you're passionate about or anything that you really value and take your time, maybe um, hanging out with the high school may not be the most fun thing you could do on a weekend, but it really impacts the life of a high school student. It really impacted me. I really found mentors and people that I look up to and my outdoor instructors. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Miriam. This is great. Gabby Hasso will share her story next. It's a bit different, and for those of you who think San Diego is all palm trees and beaches, these kids live in a much different part of San Diego. Tell me a little bit about how you grew up and sort of the area you grew up in. I grew up in Southeast San Diego, so uh, Skyline, Skyline area. It was uh, very active in gangs back when I was growing up, and it was really intense. I was bullied a lot. I didn't have my family around much due to them working, um, not because they didn't want to, but just trying to support. And I was pretty much on my own. What do your parents do? Uh, my mom, she's a single parent. Uh, she is a supervise, supervisor at the Marriott Hotel cool. in Mission Valley. And uh, yeah, it's just, she would she would work all like morning to night. My sister would go to school, she would go to work. My brother would do the same thing. And I just pretty much tough it out and I'd go home and be on my own. I'd only see them either in the mornings before they left or if I stayed up till midnight or 1 a.m. They kept me fed and everything, but emotionally um, and mentally, they just were absent. And I think that really affected me big time. So did you ever get involved in gangs? No, um, but it did come down to a point where I was going to get jumped my freshman year, not due to gang activity, uh, gang related things, but the people that saved me that day um, were part of a gang. So I didn't know that. And in a way, it was kind of like a debt had to be paid. Wow, that's amazing. So that's crazy. It was, it, it was just kind of freshman year was just a not OK time. But you're in a completely different place right now. So tell me kind of your transformation. Like it's sometimes hard to get out and you're in college now. And, and how how did all of this happen? I joined a program my middle school year called Outdoor Outreach. It's a nonprofit organization in San Diego. And my PE teacher was like, if you want to better yourself, like grade wise, because my grades were just sucked. <laughs> they were bad. And he was just like, if you want to if you want to graduate, get on these trips and I will give you credits. And so I was like, well, all right, it's free. Why not? And ever since then, I just, I stuck to it. My first trip was a snorkeling trip and I actually threw up in my snorkel. It was, oh, it was sorry. A <laughs> That's so gnarly. It was the first time being out in the ocean, seventh grade, very first time in the water. And well, I didn't know what to do. So I just puked in my snorkel. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That sounds like a <laughs> horrific experience. It was it, it was cool. I, I no one saw. I just kind of emptied it out real quick, washed it, put it back in my mouth, and just kept on swimming. And um, so, what was that like? Your first experience snorkeling? Uh, it was amazing. 
it was really cool i was scared like out of my mind like i was i kept thinking something was gonna pull me under so i just kept like looking down like the whole entire time i was just like i was really paranoid yeah but um i had a mentor and instructor with me that day that just like pretty much never left my side he just he's like i got you he's like you don't have to worry so so you went snorkeling and then any other activities that you did after that yeah after that snorkel trip i was just like this is it like if it's gonna stay in the school then i'll i'll keep to it and after that it was rock climbing and that's where i really just rock climbing was my thing why i always got told that i wouldn't amount to anything that i'd be a low life um i'd end up pregnant as a teenager i'd end up in drugs and gang activity especially because i am a small person um i'm a skinny girl like you know and everyone just growing up told me like you're not going to be able to do anything like you're a girl what can you do and when it got to rock climbing i looked up at that wall and i was like no effing way is this gonna happen no way and i got up on that wall i was on there for a good 20 minutes and they're like you got this like you can do this just a little more just a little more and I got to the top, I sat right on that edge and I just kind of looked at the horizon and I was like, dude, like I can do this. And if I, if I was able to do this, then I can do anything. I love that. You just kind of gave me goosebumps. <laughs> Were you at Joshua Tree? I was at Joshua Tree, oh, Atlantis a- Wall for any of those who know that. That oh, is dude. awesome. And so now you're an instructor. Yeah, now I am an, an instructor and have I you, love it. Have you seen other kids you just completely relate to that's like, yeah. hey, there's mini Gabby. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. grab her. Yeah. Tell me much. about it. Is there anyone in particular that you can talk about maybe without their name? <laughs> there's particu- particularly someone and she didn't have the best life growing up. Hers was actually a little worse than mine. But when I spoke to her and I told her like what I went through and like how I'm here now, like despite of everything that I went through, like I'm okay and I'm in a good place. And she kind of like shed a tear and she was like, dude, I'm like, you're capable of anything, like despite your background. And it was at a rock climbing trip and she was really scared to repel. She just did not want to, like, it's just not gonna happen. And I told her, I'm like, look, I'm like, this is, this is your one chance. I'm like, this is your one chance to just push through it. I'm like, if you don't push through it, Every, everyone's gonna like just walk all over you like it's it's up to you to take that take that stance and she pushed through she pushed through she repelled down awesome and i was like accomplished yeah, yeah i'm sure that felt really good yeah as a teacher it did and it was like one of my first experiences like actually had like a one-on-one connection as to like where I got someone to like actually push themselves i like i actually motivated someone and that like felt really empowering to me so what are you studying right now in school hopefully i have just made up my mind recently so that's okay you can change you're still young outdoor recreation and botany i love that yeah it's very fun so if you hadn't found the outdoors like what what would your life have been like depressing i i don't think i'd be anywhere to where i am right now you said you struggled with mental health Mm mm-hmm I suffered from depression and um, anxiety. It was really, really bad, especially my anxiety. Um, It started when I was 17. 
and it was really hard. I think there's a lot of people who deal with emotions, especially anxiety like that. Yeah. It's really challenging and it's a tricky thing because we don't talk about it a lot. We're talking about it more today, but anxiety also affects people differently. So sort of what's your process and how you get over anxiety? Um, before This was actually recent, so don't think I, I, I managed to control this within a year. It's, I barely recently learned how to control it. Um, well, it's, it's an ongoing thing, so yeah. I, I appreciate that and that you're honest about that. It's, it's, honestly, it's just singing. Singing? Singing. Cold and singing. <laughs> uh, whenever I start feeling anxious, like I'm going to get a panic attack, I just start singing. I love that. Do you sing any specific songs? Don't laugh at me. I don't, I'm going to laugh House at you. House of the Rising Sun. House of the, the Rising Sins by the Animals. I like that band. I, I, I just, I love it. I feel like in my mind, I just picture myself just getting out of that anxiety mode and just being out, just getting over it. Like it, I'm just making it disappear. Gabby, I think you're going to help a lot of adults <laughs> on this show as much as teens. So I appreciate you sharing how you kind of cope because anxiety does affect a lot of people. I've struggled with it and depression kind of goes hand in hand. You know, I guess I want to ask you, what is your advice to help others get into the outdoors, whether it's kids getting into the outdoors or adults helping get kids to the outdoors or even themselves? Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Don't let anyone judge you. Every, everyone's going to judge you, but don't let anyone write your story for you. Speak for yourself. Like, speak your mind, speak your heart, and don't be embarrassed. And if you want it, you go for it because that's that that's what I did my whole life. I let people walk all over me. I let people decide my path. I would let people talk down on me. And eventually it just got to the point where it's like, no, like I'm my own person. And I got this like I decide where I go. I decide what I want to do. And now you're a botany major and recreation major. Yes, yes, hopefully. And you're <laughs> um, kicking butt. Thank you. Trying. Thank you so just much. Pushing forward. I appreciate it, Gabby. Yeah. This episode was brought to you by REI Co-op, a brand who not only gets you the gear you need to get outside, but helps you get out there and explore. Anytime I've had a big adventure, whether it was volunteering in Costa Rica, even hiking in Yosemite, I've loaded up on gear at REI. I've always loved their inclusive approach and the fact the brand provides tons of education on and off the storefront floors. I've taken lots of classes at REI, like orienteering, rock climbing techniques, even beginning backpacking. They also have great experiences and trips like safaris to Tanzania, trekking in the Alps, backpacking trips through the Great Smoky Mountains, and so many more. I've been a member since 1996, and I'm excited to partner with them on the show this year. You can go to REI.com to check out the latest gear, classes, experiences, to find a store near you, and to read great stories about adventure and the outdoors. Lawrence Vallejos is next. I heard Lawrence speak at the Outdoor Outreach fundraiser last year, and I was incredibly impressed by his authenticity and fearlessness in speaking his truth. Lawrence, welcome. I'd love for you to share your story. Firstly, thank you, Shelby, for having me on this podcast. It's super awesome. You. <laughs> so I've always wanted to be an outdoors person, you know, exploring nature and doing adrenaline rushing activities. But the part of town I 
grew up in and the stereotypes I was exposed to became those significant obstacles. So you're from Southeast San Diego. I am from Southeast San Maybe Diego. Maybe you could talk a little bit about, because I think most people think of San Diego as like palm trees and white sand beaches and the pictures I post on Instagram. So San Diego isn't all that palm trees and white sand beaches and beaches all over the place. But in Southeast San Diego, it's a place that's defined as the ghettos, or they would describe the kids as kids who wouldn't really graduate, who would drop out of high school, do drugs, and join gang members. But somehow you found the outdoors, surfing specifically. Talk to me about this. Like, How did you get into it, and, and what has surfing done for you? So April of last year, I bought my own surfboard from a local shop and began to just teach myself how to surf, which became a passion that I'd never thought I'd have. Why? Because while I learned that surfing is a passion of mine, I always felt out of place because I didn't see many people who I identified with in the water. So in some way, I felt that to be a surfer, you had to be buff, white, and straight, something that I'm not. (laughs) Well, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah, I think, you know, that's true. When I go surfing, most people in the water are white guys. So you decided to go surfing anyway. I just decided to break the barrier and really have that confidence within myself just to go out there and whatever might whatever these people might think that I'm just going to go out there and do something that makes me feel free and makes me feel so relaxed just out in the water out in the open water sometimes even swimming and surfing with dolphins which is super cool yeah tell me a little bit more about what surfing has done for you and, and how it's sort of changed your own life it's changed my own life because Surfing is a way of an escape to problems, whether that's involving school or family problems or just personal problems in general. And so just going out there and feeling that freedom just gives me that stoke. I love <laughs> that. Yeah, the stoke is is something you only get when you surf. So Lawrence, I, I, thank you for doing this and sharing your story with us. You thank know, you. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, I think there's a lot of other kids and adults who want to get into the outdoors or want to try something new, but they're afraid because they don't fit the stereotypical mold of what, you know, a runner should look like or a surfer should look like. You know, what are some advice that you can give to people so that they can be comfortable pursuing these activities? One of the most important advices I would give to people who want to do outdoor activities but are scared to do so is that Mother Nature doesn't really care about your gender identity or race, culture, or sexual orientation. So just by simply going out there and doing it without caring what anyone says, it's just... It's just awesome. It's just awesome, yes. (laughs) So does anybody say anything when you're out surfing? I feel like they're probably pretty encouraging. There would be those occasional people who would like stare and be like, oh my God, what is this kook doing here? Like, what is he? (laughs) Does he even know what he's doing? But for the most part... For the most part, I just try to ignore it as much as possible and just focus on myself and focus on learning how to surf better and how to just have that confidence within myself out in the water. So you're 18 years old today and and sort of catch us up where you're at right now and what you're doing with your life and how the outdoors has impacted it. So yes, I'm 18 years old and I'm an outdoor instructor. And so I teach the youth to go surfing and do all these outdoor activities which is something that I truly value because I was once in their shoes, which I didn't have the access. 
to the outdoors, equal access to the outdoors. And so by teaching them, I've kind of had that sense of, I've been in your shoes before, and now I'm teaching you to do these things. So you can take this opportunity and make it into something better for your future. And by access, you mean like because you didn't have a ride to the beach? Yes, there's many factors just going to the outdoors. Um, it doesn't have to be physical barriers, uh, which can be like busy parents or long transportations, but it can also be economical barriers, like not having money or equipment to do those outdoor activities. Lawrence and I talked a little bit more about these barriers and what they are. Lawrence has actually been speaking to the Coastal Commission and City Hall and a lot of other adults about providing kids with equal access to the outdoors. He shares his story and he says, although it's always intimidating, it's really starting to work. The first thing that people in power or adults should know is that not many kids are exposed to the outdoors due to these barriers. And they should advocate for something to help the youth get into the outdoors. That's great. You know, I, want, I wonder, are you kind of more comfortable with who you are no matter what through surfing or have you just always been that way? Well, through surfing, I've found, I guess, more confidence within myself through not caring what anyone else thinks. So that just ups my, I guess, potential to whatever I want to do in the future. And I know that I can do it since I have this confidence. I love that. What do you want to do in the future? Oh my God, so much. Well, I'm a senior in high school, so going through college and going into the film major, which I also contribute my um, passion for film through the outdoors by like filming all these adventures and stuff. That's awesome. They have great. actually um, came out to one of my trips. Oh, That's I so love cool. that. That's awesome. Lawrence, thank you for sharing your story. I thank really, you. really appreciate it. Lastly, we have Melly Valdez Perez, now a college freshman. I understand you're, you're a DACA recipient, and maybe you can just talk about what that is. I think there's still people who don't <laughs> understand what DACA is. Yeah, it's very controversial right now. Yep. So um, DACA is basically an acronym for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. That is basically, in a nutshell, um, so I'm undocumented. So I have two years of having a social security and being able to work in the U.S. and kind of having like a safety net only for two years. And basically what's happened since this past September was DACA was revoked by our current president. And so basically all these people, 800,000 people um, that are also dreamers like me have only a couple years left of like security of being here. How old are you? I'm 18. And what, tell us a little bit about kind of your background and sort of what your parents do and where you're from and how you got introduced to the outdoors. Okay, so... I was seriously affected by the president's decision to remove DACA. And as I said, it protects me from getting deported for two years. So because of this, and since I'm 18 and in college, I can't receive federal aid for college known as FAFSA. And because I'm not a citizen. Because of this, I had to grow up pretty quickly. And as a child, I was reminded almost every day that I was different from everyone else that my family couldn't take vacations over the summer like my teacher said was normal or all these other things that my friends were doing that I wasn't able to do. My dad is a construction worker and my mom is a cashier at a taco shop. So I've never really known anywhere else except 
for California and the U.S. since I was brought here as an infant and I don't really remember any anything from my homeland, which is Mexico. So because of this, I can't really see the police and feel safe like other people can. And I can't really slip up or take chances as others do. And I'm used to doors being slammed in my face and people saying the, the words that I hate so much, which is, you can't do this because you're not an American citizen. Those words are deep and they hit really hard. So I have no say in what goes on around me. And it really sucks because one of the worst things is that people, mostly politicians, that I've never met or ever will meet get to decide my fate. And they get to tell my story. Politically, socially, and economically, people label me and get to decide what happens to me. So this isn't your whole story. No, it's not my whole story. So I was introduced into the outdoors through Outdoor Outreach, this nonprofit we've all been talking so highly about. And the first trip that I went on was a snorkeling trip. And I've never been snorkeling or even seen a fish in the wild before. So coming from an underprivileged and poor community, I always thought that doing outdoor activities that required gear was only for people who could afford it. On this snorkeling trip, it was my first time putting on a wetsuit and goggles. And it was pretty weird. But when I finally opened my eyes, I saw the most extraordinary thing that a 16-year-old had. And I saw a fish. And it was a big orange fish, a Garibaldi right there. And I was so fascinated, I can't even begin to tell you. I was the first person to enter the water and the last to get out. Without my first snorkeling trip, I never would have known that this was my true passion. I'm a freshman now at UCSD as a marine biology major. Would you have ever been a marine biology major if you hadn't been introduced to the outdoors? Um, I don't think I would, to be honest. I mean, I did a lot of like TV watching because, you know, my parents didn't really like me going outside as much when I was a kid because they were always scared like they were never they they were always working and they didn't really like me being outside without being supervised because like I said they were very skeptical because we lived in this poor community where there was just a bunch of undocumented people and if one person got caught then they would just look at the entire community and see and it was a really scary thing for my family so yeah I didn't really get so I would watch tv a lot and aside from my SpongeBob, I would also watch um, <laughs> SpongeBob, of course. Yeah, not like National Geographic. I would watch like Ocean Blue and like all this like weird things. I don't know. I'm I'm like very interested in like animals. So tell me a little bit about your plans for the future and where you think you're going to go. Um, well, well, right now I'm working. I'm volunteering for um, a lab for the Scripps Institute of Oceanography. So hopefully, like. That gets me in touch with a, a bunch of these faculty and like really cool people that are in in this like cool major and I can like, you know, be under them and have them be advisors to me. And I, I just want to I want to I don't know what I want to do. I want to study like everything. I want to study marine mammals. I want to like study the deep ocean. I want to study coral reefs. I want to ocean acidification. I, I, I want to do everything. So I'm just like, I don't know. I have to pick one and it sucks. So I'm not sure yet. I'm just a freshman. I think that's great for a freshman. I think you're you're crushing it. And thank you. My neighbor actually is a is a dive researcher at Scripps and she's one of the few females on the staff there. So I'll have to introduce you guys. So what does DACA and the current situation mean for your future? And what can people in power do? Well, I'm not really sure. And as a lot, like I said, for 800,000 people, 
we're not really sure what the future holds for us at this point. So I think what people in power can actually really do is just listen. I feel like there's a lot of statistics out there. There's a lot of just numbers and like all these people are given numbers and statistics. And I feel like we're much more than that. Like I'm not just an immigrant. I'm not just a person that's ruining the economy. I'm a, like, I'm a, I'm a person, you know? So like I'm a sister. I'm, I'm an older sister. I'm um, a marine biology major. I'm a girlfriend. I'm a daughter. Like I'm all these things. And if people would just listen, I feel like through storytelling is a really powerful way of getting a message out there. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think a lot of us don't realize and take for granted our citizenship in the U.S. right now. And I hope that we can mitigate this problem because you definitely belong here. And I'm so excited that you shared your story with us today. Anything else you want to share with our audience? I just want to remind everyone that pressure makes diamonds. So if you're feeling a little pressure, if you're feeling a little anxious, just remember that everything happens for a reason. Thank you again for listening to this show. And thank you to the kids at Outdoor Outreach for sharing your story. These young adults are success stories, showcases of how the outdoors can transform your life. And they're super brave. I know other kids from Outdoor Outreach, a young man who went to a school for homeless teens. Now he's an employee at REI. Another who is also homeless is now a semi-pro snowboarder living in Alta and Snowbird and riding for companies like Jones and Vans. Another one got a Bill Gates Millennial Scholarship. His college has been paid through medical or graduate school. There's a lot of great kids out there who need the outdoors, and there's some great organizations besides outdoor outreach making a difference in kids' lives. As someone who learned to surf after my dad died suddenly at age 11, I know the outdoors has affected me profoundly. I've made my best decisions in life surfing, trail running, or camping under the stars, not usually from a pen and paper pro-con list. I've also really enjoyed and been impacted by the outdoors as a volunteer, sharing my time to get other kids and even adults surfing and snowboarding. I'm not even great at these sports, and that's, that's not the point. Volunteering is a great way to get involved in the outdoors and to give back, and it also feels really good. So thank you to REI for supporting this show. REI's Force of Nature Fund connects a lot of partners to getting women into the outdoors. Some of these organizations are Girls, Inc., Arizona Trail Gears Girls Program, Big City Mountaineers, City Kids Wilderness Project, Ice Age Trail Alliance, Latino Outdoors, National Parks Conservation Association, Rocking the Boat, She Jumps, Skate Like a Girl, Hike It Baby, and so many more. We'll put links on where to find organizations like these in the show notes. Thank you again for listening to this show and thank you again for writing reviews on iTunes. Your reviews and sharing this show is what helps it grow. And some of you have some incredibly clever iTunes names like, I wish I had a trail name. I really like that one. So thank you again for listening wherever you are. Don't forget, some of the best adventures often happen when you follow your wildest ideas. Have a great week. We have some great shows coming up. We'll see you next week. Oh,